Faithful listeners, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. With us this week, we're joined by the Ridge Reaper himself, Mr. Coy Donahue, and a great episode here. We talk about the Beyond the Laurel calls that are handmade by Koi and Tightline Euronymphing, and not to mention the bird that was just killed a couple days ago here in Pennsylvania. And I've also just received the information that the second tag is filled, and this guy is a savage, man. He is on fire. Get a hold of him if you guys are looking for some turkey calls or looking for any help uh, with your turkey hunting. Also, in the episode, go over some trout fishing. Um, all you got to do is check out his page, man. He, he's a complete savage. He, he's got he's got the stuff to prove it on there. Uh, Tightline Euro Nymphing is the subject we go over also. Really good conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you for all the love and support. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. I'm real excited for this week. Uh, uh, me and Coy have been, been shooting the shit back together here trying to find some time for each other. And uh, with us, we are joined by Coy Donahue. And um, this guy's a turkey killer. This guy is a trout slayer, outdoorsman, uh, just, just an all-around guy that you want with you in the woods. So how are you, man? I appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk. For sure. Yep, for sure. Um, so, you know, we're going to, we're going to tear right into it, man. I, I, I want to do the introduction and everything with you, but, um, I know that you put a bird on the ground here yeah. And, yeah. and let's, let's do it, man. Let's tear right into how, how to go down. Yeah. So, uh, I work, uh, night shift, you, uh, this week I was on night shift, so I get off at seven in the morning and I've been getting out about seven thirty every morning for the week before scouting this piece of public, just listening, walking these tram roads. And it was Wednesday, the Wednesday before the first day I got back in this piece of public and there were just birds gobbling everywhere. I'm like, man, like they're in here. Like I know it gets hunted hard, but it's, it's big woods. And, uh, so I'm like, Saturday morning, we're going to get up early. We're going to truck back in here and just try to try to get in the middle of them. I had a good idea where they were roosting on this ridge. So I dropped the pin and we got in there super early Saturday morning. There was only one other car in the parking lot and uh, trucked back in about a 20 minute walk and got set up. And it was, as you know, it was rough morning weather wise. It was, mm -hmm. oh, it yeah. was not ideal turkey hunting weather and we never heard a bird gobble on the limb and i'm like man like i i know they're here they're just not gobbling we're in this grown-up field and i looked out there a couple hundred yards and there was two gobblers walking across like they just hit the ground i'm like oh man like they're here they just not gobbling like we're in the middle of them and I called one time about half hour after they hit the ground and they gobbled and like, I kid you not, the whole woods lit up. Turkey started gobbling everywhere. And I was like, yeah, like, okay, we're, we're good. We're, we just need to be patient, set up and just hang tight. I mean, it was like an hour went by and we're still watching them birds. They're out there strutting with hens a few hundred yards out. And uh, I'm like, dude, you want to, you want to make a move. I was home with my buddy. I'm like, you want to make a move on these birds? He's like, yeah. Cause the other, the other ones that were gobbling across the ridge were kind of just shut up. You know, they shot gobbled and 
called it a morning. So I'm like, let's, let's just make a move on these turkeys. So we worked out around and they were still gobbling, 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 like just letting us know where they were at, like what you want out of a turkey, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, we got set up probably three or four different times on these birds. And, uh, they just kept the hens. We called in the hens twice. They, there's so many hens. We called in a different hen twice. And they, you know, drag along them long beards right with them. But every time them long beards were out there, 70, 80 yards, just strutting would not come any closer. They'd work off and they ended up, we ended up following them almost back to the truck. Like where we killed them was only 150 yards from the truck. (laughs) So when we got set up that final time, they were out there, the whole flock. I mean, I think it was three or four hens, two, two long beards and three or four jakes. And, uh, we're sitting in this, it was a grown up and different grown up field. And, uh, I started calling, they're hammering, and um, it was like five minutes went by. We're like on our bellies trying to like get a better look, and this it's just so thick. And I look up like 20 yards in front of me, and they're standing there, both of them. And I was, I was with my buddy, and I kept saying, you shoot the one on the left, you shoot the one on the left. Well, this hen had us pinpointed, like had us – dead to rights there was nothing we could do and i had my gun up my buddy didn't and um he's like dude just shoot i can't move and i'm like i'm like just just do it just do it he's like no i don't i i can't dude i'm gonna mess it up i'm like all right so i just shot and that was it made for a pretty quick carry you know truck was on 150 Mm -hmm. yards kind of worked out nice perfect yeah, that's one hell of a morning, man. Now, when you say it was thick, were you guys like in some mountain laurel or what was the terrain? So it was, it's real hilly country. I wouldn't say mountainous country, but real hilly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of, it's game lands. It's a lot of like, it, the game commission burned it a few years ago and it's, they stocked it with pheasants. So it's like, it's a lot of olive olive bushes and a bunch of grown up trees, small pines. It's, it's turkey country, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. it's all hardwoods, fields, hardwoods. It's just, it's it's where you want to be for turkeys. It's 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 super nice country. But I'm gonna go back in there tomorrow. I think either tomorrow morning or Tuesday morning. Try to. I know there's a few other birds in there. Good deal. Good deal, man. So, uh, how big were the spurs? And 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 how, was it a bigger beard? Was it an older bird? It was, it was a yeah. It was a. The spurs, one was inch and an eighth, and one was just over that. So it was a nice. mature bird. Only had eight and a yeah. half inch beard, but that's the thing with turkeys is the beards, they don't. I've shot mm-hmm. a lot of three, four year old turkeys that have eight, nine inch beards just from freezing off and dragging on ice in the winter. And I've shot yep. plenty of two year olds with 10 and a half, 11 inch beards. Like the beards really don't mean a whole lot when it comes down to it. It's all about. It's all about the spurs, True. but yep, for sure, man. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and it's it's really hard to get it done on public land. You know, when you're turkey hunting, and that turkey sounds off, it's yelling, "Hey, everybody, I'm over here." Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> come come get yeah. me. And 
and you got to be on your feet. And sometimes it takes moving around like you guys did. And other times, you know, how many times have you stood up at the wrong time? Hey, I'm going to move, make a move. And, you know, bang, they're standing right there. Yeah. That's what these turkeys gobbled so much. I'm like, man, I just hope, I hope they shut up. So no one else comes in on us. That That was my biggest worry. Like just quit gobbling. I'm like, sitting there just like man like how is no one else hunting these birds like especially that mm-hmm. close to where that parking lot was well i think you can thank the weather yeah yep yeah exactly that's there's a it was rough there's a lot of fair fair weather hunters out there that you know but for one reason or another and we've talked about it on this show plenty of times you know the birds in the rain they seem to i don't know i don't know what the theory is behind it i know what my theory is i i feel like you know, I catch them in a little more open places or see them in a little more open yeah. places when it's raining because I think they can't hear as well. Exactly, yeah. Be- yep. Because of the rain. Yep. I mean, maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong. I don't know, but yeah, I, I know that they they seem to be more active in the rain yeah. for one thing, one reason or another. What, but I think when it when there's any kind of – I've noticed this with wind a lot too. A lot of times when it's really windy – it. Do, it don't make sense, but a lot of times I see them in open terrain too, because it just impairs their senses. You know, they can't hear as well, see as well. When they're out in that open country, they can see everything a lot better. And uh, I just I think that's it. A lot of hens, especially after the rain, you know, a lot of hens are always out in the fields eating bugs and stuff. Just makes for good yep. strutting, strutting country for them birds. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you'll. You'll see them all the time in the rain. I, as soon as it starts raining, and if I'm driving down the road, I'm looking for birds in fields. I don't, I don't even know how I keep the truck on the oh, road. Oh, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't. I've, I've almost driven to a ditch hundred times for turkeys. <laughs> yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. So, um, you said you got some vacation time. You're gonna put some guys on some birds. Yeah, that dude. That's the plan. That's turkey season's only in PA for a month, you know. And I, I'm like. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as I got my vacation, I'm like, it's going in May. It's turkey hunt's my favorite. I and I'd rather you know watch someone else shoot one than myself. That's like when my buddy's like, I can't shoot. I'm like, dude, just try it. Like I'd rather have if they spook, it's fine. Like I just want you to shoot. He was just mm-hmm. you know, he just like I want you to shoot. So I, I wasn't gonna yeah. pass it up. Yeah, sometimes you get into those positions where. You know, the other guy can't shoot or you can't shoot. Have you guys, have you ever landed a double like that? So me and, me and my cousin did a few years back. We shot, actually, I said shoot on three. I went one, two, and then I shot. He was waiting for three, you know. And I, I killed one. And the other one, I just started purring, you know, real quick. And the other one's running around, has no idea what happened. He ended up shooting the other one. That was the only time we ever doubled. It's tough to double. It, it, it is. It's Especially after you shoot yep. one, your first instincts get up and run, you know, get on it. Mm-hmm. it it's tough. I, it, we we haven't done it a whole lot. Yeah. I, I've heard of some guys doing it. My dad and I almost pulled it off a couple of years really? ago. Really? Um, yeah, it was, it was, this was, this was, when I say a couple of years ago, it was a while ago, but it was close. But when you're set up and, you know, one guy's calling in front of you and you're calling, you know, or you're sitting out in front of someone, that's when it gets hard yeah. if you're not yep. sitting at the same tree, but you're close enough where you can kind of give that, Hey, there, there's two birds. Like let's, let's try to do this. Right. But, um, 
Turkey hunting's tough, man. Um, how how do you how do you go about finding a bird? What's your you know, and there's a there's a lot of I guess a lot of details that go into finding a bird, but what's your go to? You know, you're gonna go put somebody on a bird right now and the season has started, so for a guy like me who hasn't shot a bird yet, what are you gonna tell me to do? Yeah, so I for me it's it's all in the morning, like I'll I'll drive out to like I, I probably honestly have I would say thirty different spots that I hit in a year. Like I and if I'm going to a new area, I always go and listen. I'll I'll go to the highest point of any when I'm looking on a map, I'll find the highest point and just go listen in the mornings. And if I don't hear a bird, I, I you know I write it off. I won't be back there that year. If I hear one turkey, then I'll I'll start hunting that, that area. And there's one there's usually more so that that's i always go from there i always start by listening in the mornings you know that's that's your greatest time to hear a turkey gobbles on the limb and if, yep if they're there you know you'll hear them but it, it it's tough do you hunt evenings much no no i don't and i and like i said i i am I will, I will consider myself a novice turkey hunter. I like being in the woods yeah. and that's why I like turkey right. hunting, you know, and it is challenging. Um, but no, I don't, I don't hunt evenings much, but here and there I will. Right. Like any time after they hit the limb, you know, or after, excuse me, after they hit the ground, it is like their, their goblin percentage drops like crazy. And especially as the day goes on, it's, in the evenings, that's why I was asking. It is so hard to get a turkey to gobble in the evening. I mean, I I can count on one hand how many times I've heard a turkey gobble in the evening. So, and with only having two two weeks in in May in Pennsylvania, really, where you can hunt in the evening, it's 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 tough hunting. It's hard. It's hard to kill a bird any time afternoon. Especially, I think it's hard to kill a bird any time after eleven o'clock. You know, you yeah. really only get that, agree with that seven to four or you know, four hours at seven to 11 to, to hunt. And mm-hmm. it, you got, you just got to be in the right area. Then just got to find one bird willing to, willing to work during that time frame. And like this time of year, like we, we even we'll call. And if we hear a bird gobble, I think, I think we get a lot of turkeys using this method. We've also probably missed out on a lot of turkeys doing this, but we'll call and work a bird for a little bit. And if he ain't moving within 15 minutes, we'll, we'll leave. Like we'll, we'll go till we find a bird that, you know, we knows alone that's going to come in and, and, uh, you know, make it huntable. A lot of times they, with hens, they'll, they'll gobble all day, but they'll never, they'll never come in. You know, they'll just keep right. working off. And I think a lot of guys, hear that bird gobble and they'll sit there all day and wait for that turkey to come when it, it it's just not a lot of times not going to happen now a lot of times if you're patient enough you can do it and it will come in eventually but i early in the season like this i i'd rather move on till i find a a bird that's going to come in and not you know not waste but not take up so much time like three four hours when you only got that much you only got four hours to hunt in the morning so Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I, you make a good point. You know, you you 
going to like the highest point. I, I like that. You know, you can hear everything and then you can also work it downhill. Say you heard yeah. a bird, yep. right? Work everything downhill yep. easier on your body. Yep. And, and also, you know, the percentage of birds that I've seen come uphill to be shot, I far outweighs the percentage that I've even heard of that come down. Yeah. A hundred, hundred percent. And, and access is a huge part of hunting turkeys. It like you, if you're not above that bird, like you just said, if, mm-hmm. if you're straight down in a creek bottom or something, that bird's gobbling up on a hill. I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've ever killed one calling it straight downhill. Cause they just, they won't do it. They'll stand up there yeah. above you and gobble and gobble and gobble. And they won't come, they will not come down a hill. I've, I've never personally called one down a hill ever, but yeah, it, it's strange how the turkeys like that. You know, it's, yeah, you'd think they hear a hen. It wouldn't matter. They'd go straight down, but yeah, they won't, but you get above them, man. It's a whole, it's a whole different story. They'll, they'll come running right up a cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, we've talked about that numerous guys that have come through the show and only one of them said, you know, yeah, you know, I've killed birds coming downhill, but yeah, you, the percentage, yeah. oh, you know, it's, it's slim. Yep. It's slim. It's definitely very slim, but they are super fun to watch, you know, and when they're, when they're coming up the hill and it's funny, you know, if you're set up correctly and you just see that, that head yeah. peek up and they're kind of like scanning around there. And that's when, you know, like, you know, this is the moment. Yeah. Is it, am I going to have to make another noise again to get him closer? Or he already pegged me yeah. in my spot to where he's going to come into range and I can, I can get a yeah. shot. I've, I've messed up a lot of times calling a bird up over a hill and they, and that red head sticks up over there, you know, and being so worried that that's the only time I'm going to see them that, you know, they don't see that hen right there and they're going to duck down over. And I've shot a lot of, took a lot of shots. I shouldn't have took doing that, you know, just a little too far, a little too thick, but I've seen it happen so many times where they, they do look up over the hill. Don't see a hen. Cause that first call you make, they know where you're at. They know the, ex- oh, it's, 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 it's wild. They know the exact tree you're sitting on. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've all, I've always been like, yeah, oh, man, when they stick his head up over that hill and don't see us, it's, you need to shoot. But yeah, the Turkey, the Turkey is crazy. It is super, such a smart animal. Yeah. It's definitely uh, a lot of fun to hunt with other guys. Like you were saying, um, you know, I would say guys, women also, yeah. and, um, and it's, it's it's like a certain camaraderie you get out of it over like I don't know let let's say like rifle mm-hmm. hunting or something because you're you know you're you're a team yeah. essentially and you're together and and being able to call for each other yep. and then you know you get me a bird I'll get yeah. you a bird or whatever the plan is it's a lot of fun man and I I I really tell guys that are not into the turkey game mm-hmm. if you're an outdoorsman just get out there and yeah. give it a shot see if you see if you like is it. it- uh, turkey hunting is a great it's i'd say the best way for anyone to get into hunting it's it's yeah. a lot of fast pace too it's not where deer where you can be sitting all day you're constantly on the move constantly walking and you can't beat spring mornings the woods waking up it's it's the best it's it's a great way for someone to get into hunting yeah i agree and and i'm glad that our state has a, a you know a youth week before um, the main season comes in because 
yeah, I, I think we need that. I think that that goes a long Absolutely. way for the kids. Yep. Um, but I know, I know some guys are like, oh, you know, they only, you know, that, that one day and then maybe they should get a couple other days and Hey, sure. Yeah. I'm open to that too. Yeah. What, whatever gets more kids in the woods, that's what we need to be doing. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. Growing up, I like the youth day of Turkey morning, Christmas morning. It was, it was my <laughs> favorite day of the year. Yeah. Yep. I know why. So, um, we'll get back to some Turkey talk, but uh, jump, jump right into that, man. You know, uh, we didn't do uh, the best introduction there in the beginning cause I was so excited to get into your bird here. Um, Coy, just just tell us who you are and where you're from and then um you were just talking about being youth in your youth and going to turkey morning right after that let's go right into you know who brought you up through the outdoors you know any mentors or anybody that you like to pay homage to yeah yeah so uh yeah i'm from uh north central pa clearfield county do a lot of hunting up uh up i have a camp up in cameron county potter county do a lot of hunting and fishing up there um I do a lot in this area too, Clearfield County. Um, turkey hunting, fly fishing, deer hunting. You know, it's been doing that my whole life. I, it's, a, it's a way of life. Yeah, I, <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, been doing it since I was six years old, and I mean, and I love it. I love it more than anything. Um, yeah. My my dad took me hunting and fishing since I was, you know, six and still still get to go out with him so always love being able to hunt with my dad again when i get the opportunity for sure yeah man and, and that's you know that goes right back to what we were saying about the way the outdoors works and and one of the best parts of the of being able to do all this stuff together is there's just i don't i personally don't feel that there's any form of bonding that you can get better yeah than than being in the outdoors i agree 100%. and uh, you know especially successful hunts you know, even if they're not successful, you know, I, I remember the days of just being able to go in the woods and then, you know, we're going to sit there and eat the sandwich we made to go in the woods in the morning. Yeah. Maybe it was a, you know, a, a crappy day or yep. whatever, and we didn't get nothing. There's just no crappy days out there doing it, you know, with, 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 with family and friends and people you love. So, um, I'll, I'm always pushing this on everybody. Like, Hey, you know, if you guys want to get into hunting or fishing or anything outdoors and you need help, um, Feel free to reach out. Yeah, man. And, uh, we can definitely, definitely try to help you out. But um, you said fishing, man, and uh, we're we're in that time of the yeah. year. Uh, so you, I guess you would have been fishing pretty heavily before turkey season. And uh, how was that? Yeah, you? spot on. Uh, fishing's been absolutely awesome this year. Um, yeah. It. I do a lot of euro nymphing, tight line nymphing. Hmm. In the fly fishing world um got really dived into that about five six years ago and it's it's changed changed the game for me um i absolutely love it i fish nymphs nine percent of the year all right had a little uh disconnection there but we're back on track here but koi we were talking about uh euro nymphing and uh you were talking about tight line or euro nymphing and i want you to go into detail with exactly what that is yeah, so Euronymphing is uh, something I got into a little while ago. It's um, basically no indicator involved, no suspension rig, so no no bobber. Um, it's all in your line. There's a cider line, um, and it's it's made. It's designed for more 
sense you have better uh you can feel things better you yeah. know it's um it's it's super it's super easy to get into um there's no split shot or weights involved it's all in your your flies and your tungsten beads is what you use um so that's really what i got into and made for a much more natural presentation and um it, it really it really has changed fishing for me it's like i said i use it 90 percent of the time when i fish i'm your own thing and um you can you can feel strikes so much better you can feel a fish take it you can feel it in your line before you even see your your cider line stop so it's it's a great great method and i'd i'd recommend it to anybody getting into fly fishing to try out your own thing and um you need to use a bigger rod for that or anything as far as lengthwise yeah so you you can get away with a nine foot rod but a 10 or 11 foot rod is definitely ideal just makes for easier casting a, uh, a longer lightweight rod you know two three weight versus a, a nine foot five weight just more sensitivity and it and you can cast further upstream gather your line get your line nice and tight and it just it makes for a very a very smooth transition if you have the right gear to go into your own nymphing it's having longer rod and a real pairs up nice with that so it's 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 awesome it's i like I said i'd recommend it to anyone getting into fly fishing yeah yeah i i've seen guys do that and i've <clears throat> i've watched some videos and stuff of people oh euro nymphing uh with tight line and that is cool mm -hmm. man it's 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 different and i think it, it maybe you know the reason you like it more is because they, there's just so much going on it's, it's like non-stop action like you're just yeah. constantly more involved in it you know you're not just yep. gonna lay a a dry fly on top of the water and sit back and, and watch it for a minute and and kind of get a break you know you're you're it's just full full exactly. throttle action exactly and you know everyone a lot of guys that are big in dry fly fishing and stuff you know say they they like watching the fish come up mm -hmm. and you know take it off the surface but watching your line jump you know when a fish hits it's like the same same thing you know knowing that you're setting the hook and there's a fish on there it's it's pretty cool. It's, it's something, like I said, it's, it's, it changed everything for me. Like I having a bobber on there and throwing out split shot on my line, it, it caused a lot of tangles and it, it's just a very simple, simple way of fly fishing. Yeah. I'd say. Um, now, you know, I, I've seen some of the fish that you've caught and I, I, I take it you are more of a trout guy. Is that, is that <clears> the goal? Yeah, definitely. Here in PA, we're we got a we got a good man. Like we're lucky with yeah. what we have. There's so many streams with wild trout, native trout, and you know they stalk so so many cricks. It's yeah, trout's always been my favorite. I used I used to get into bass and stuff like that, but like since I got into Euro nymphing, it kind of took my love for trout fishing to another level. Once I started figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah, we are very lucky here in our state. I, I touch on that all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends that travel a lot for fishing, and they always are happy to come home and, and still fish Pennsylvania and talk highly of it. Um, but Yeah, absolutely. Um, So as far as the Euro-nymphing, you know, is there like a go-to uh, 
top uh, like uh, nymph that you're using on there is it maybe like the stonefly or something what's your go-to yeah so i i do fish a lot of stoneflies i fish a lot of pertagons they're called they're a real slim profile nymph with a heavy bead and they sink super fast so that way your flies are always on the bottom where the fish are feeding and um anything with that slim profile r really sinks you know a bulkier fly with a little you know more dubbing more more tail more hair mm -hmm. takes a little longer sink that slim profile sinks super fast and more time in the fish's feeding zone i got you so always small slim profile flies not nothing even you know super easy to tie you know just basic you know black or brown nymphs now they, are you tying your own flies up then or uh the buddy, buddy yeah doing yeah I, okay i tie all my own flies nice, yeah yeah that's that's awesome that's that's probably the next fire that i think i'm gonna put one of my sticks in because yeah i think that i'm gonna have to be trying that stuff i i make my own like uh lures for for spinning rods and stuff like that and that's yeah that's fun and stuff you know but i think it's time to to amp it up step my game up here but um right as far as the waters that you're you're fishing that that rig on are you looking for deeper water or are you looking um you know is there certain portions of the the water that you're looking to fish over others sure yeah um for me, my favorite depth of water in every, any river or any trout stream is like six inches to two feet. Like I like fishing shallow water. Yeah. A lot, you know, this time of year, especially all them trout are usually up in them thin riffles, fast moving water, feeding on nymphs. And it, when you're fishing nymphing in faster water, it makes the strikes, seeing that line pause so much more you know, easy to see mm -hmm. versus a slow, still deep water where your line's kind of staying still all the time. So if the fish takes it, it's hard, it's hard to pick up. But I, I, I always like, if we go down to a hole, I always head to the very top of that hole in the fastest water I can find. Mm -hmm. Cause that's usually, you know, most of the fish are feeding up there. Not as much big fish, I would say, right. or up in the fast water. They're more into deeper stuff, but yeah, the fast, skinny water is ideal for nymphing. Yeah. Yeah, I've experienced the same thing, and I agree with you 100%. You know, one thing I wanted to touch on, you're talking about using your smaller baits. Like, so what size hook um, are, are you talking on, on these flies that you're, you're going, or I'm sorry, the nymphs that you're going to? Yeah, like size uh, 16s, 18s, and 20s. Okay. Pretty, uh, pretty small. Right. Um. They're small, but you usually use an oversized bead on them, hooks. So a bigger bead, you know, just helps with sinking. And um, so it, it's you're like fishing a smaller profile fly, but it's it's acting like a, a size twelve in the water with the way it's sinking. You know, it's so heavy. Mm -hmm. It's um. I I've used a lot of bigger flies like size ten, size twelves. They catch fish for sure, but, you know, most of the bugs you see in the creeks are, you know, super, super tiny. Right. You know, flip a rock, you usually don't see them big, you know, size 8s, 10s, right. nymphs and rocks. Yep. Yeah, you make a good point. That's that's for sure, you know, especially like, um, you know, sometimes I'll go up in a creek if I want to find live bait. 
and um, we'll get some uh, stonefly nymphs and maybe some uh, caddis bugs. We call them stick bugs. There's larvae. Yeah. Um, yep. Some crawfish or, or, or whatever we have on the agenda. Uh, my dad and my family like to do a lot of lake fishing and stuff, so I'll help them get bait all the time. And, um, yeah, the biggest that I usually see in there is probably like, I don't know, probably just a little bit bigger than like the, your thumbnail. Yep. Is about the biggest that you know, and when you do see them that yeah. big, you know, you're talking probably late May, yeah, or like middle May, like when the weather starts warming up, and they're gonna get they're getting ready to hatch. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yep. um, yeah, the the nymphs. I think that personally, I think that that's the the best bait that you can use in a in a creek setting. Um, you know, all around bait. I I still think that that a. Uh, that a minnow is is the best thing for trout uh but they're a pain yeah. in the butt to take care of and using live yeah. bait and all that stuff you know how that is but yeah the the nymphing that you're doing man you're catching you know large trout and i know that you're talking about fishing the riffles and i i personally have not succeeded in catching bigger trout when i say bigger like 16 17 plus like maybe a couple like wild browns out of some riffles like that but like stalk yep. trout and stuff maybe not so much bigger holes you know on the back side of a hole where it starts to taper you can kind of see in the water where it's starting to taper back up or if you have yep. like a uh an overhang you know on a stream or something where you, you know they're laying there right where the water looks like it's it's going to start coming back up i've always caught the bigger trout right. in them spots and um i just i want to ask you you know i'm just you know surfacing your page and looking at a lot of a lot of really nice trophy trout that you you have pictures with on there and that you've landed what do you look for if um hey you know i think there may be a bigger trout right here i want to fish this yeah yeah so bigger trout are lazy big fish are super super lazy and any any structure in the water like a rock a log or anything that breaks up that fast current seems to have a nice size fish behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, they, a lot of times like in these crystal clear streams is a good way to like see what's going on. But like, you'll see this fast moving water and these trout will be in the slow, the slow water right behind these structures and they'll, they'll move over. Mm -hmm. And like with the golden trout, you can see it a lot of times, you know, Palomino, like you'll see, you'll see them moving over in the current and taking mm -hmm. stuff in the fast stuff and then coming right back to the slow stuff, yeah. not using any energy. So I, I always fish around structure when I'm, you know, looking for a big, big fish. But, um, a lot of guys say, you know, big bait, big fish. Right. But I was just going to get to that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, a lot of times that is the case, but like it's most fish, I've, most big fish I've caught have been on size. 16s and 18s yeah. you know they're a child they're they gotta eat they're gonna they're not gonna pass up something small you know yep. yeah i mean i go back to thinking how many guys in the past have used millworms and wax worms and uh you know other small bait and caught you know large trout and right. i know a lot of guys that fly fish are talking highly of using streamers and it makes sense you know a freaking streamer can yeah. be four three four five inches long yep. you know and some yep. bitches that that thick right mm -hmm. and, they, and they do work for sure i've i've witnessed it you know yeah but 
I I agree, big bigger fish, big bait, but I've seen brown trout, you know, this big, mm-hmm. eat minnows, or at least maybe not trying to eat them, maybe they're just trying to kill them that are this big, you know, or even shiners. Yep. Yep. So, and then also I've seen thirty inch, thirty two inch brown trout taken on a stonefly nymph that's this big. Yeah. Right. Yep. So it, I, I like I like the theory, but at the same time, you know, you are a great example. All anybody has to do is go check on your page and see that you're using an 18, you know, 16 inch or uh, uh, size hook and you're catching 20 plus inch trout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like you said, streamers are a great, great fly for big trout. Mm -hmm. I mean, a hundred percent, but it's all like, if there's a stain on the water or anything, you know what I mean? I throw in a streamer, but 99% of the time water's clear you know them anytime the water's clear it's hard it's hard to fish streamers because they can see so much better you know they can that heavy line and um they're just streamers are a great way to fish like i said when there's a little tin on the water because you can get away with you know bigger flies bigger line and when it when the streamer bites on you know it's on like it's but like i'll probably only fish streamers two three times a year you know if i can't catch them euro nymphing then i'll lose the waters up a little then i'll switch to a streamer but yeah 99 percent of the time i'm using the same five flies in my box yeah yeah that's that's where it becomes easier too because you know you've honed your skills to a certain set where you're happy with it too and uh, you're not really looking to change anything like every everybody you know guys like you and I know guys like myself, I'm always looking for more of a challenge for whatever reason or another, just the way it is, you know, yep. doing hard shit feels good. And, um, catching big trout can be difficult, but I want to point out that I have some of my best days on the stream catching 20, 25, 30, you know, if it's really good day, uh, you know, wild Browns or, yeah. brook, you know, brook trout a day on a yep. mountain stream catching brook trout, you might catch 40 you know right and you might only you know your biggest one's this big right Mm -hmm. but it just feels good and yeah um, Um, i think that the the large trout are great and all and there's not that many of them but i think sometimes it just like guys only want to try to get them because they want that picture and they want to yeah put it out on a social media platform or something like that yeah i'll take quantity over quality any day you know catching fish is fun you know Mm -hmm. when i go out i don't look for big trout. If I catch fish, I'm happy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, That's why you're there, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I highly recommend everybody listening that, uh, you know, God bless you if you're out catching big trout and I'm very impressed. That's great. But you know, I hope that you're getting your quantity into because when you're, when your line's out of the water, then you're doing something right. If you're always in the water, then I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. (laughs) So, um, what, uh, what do you got up for, for the rest of this year, man? Other than, uh, these birds, you, do you have any fishing trips planned? Do you guys go anywhere or like, I know you said you had a camp up North. Do you stay up there later in the year and fish or anything? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I have a camp up in Cameron County and, uh, like I probably won't touch a fly rod again till June 1st till after okay. turkey season's done. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I just feel, I feel guilty, you know, fishing during turkey season. It's only in a month. Right. But uh, yeah, we, uh, from July to August till till you can't fish for trout anymore till the water gets warm. Right. 
I'm up at camp, you know, every day I'm not working, fishing up there. I mean, I, I love it up there. But uh, as far as other areas, like we, we do do a lot of fishing down central PA. Okay. You know, later in the year, the creeks stay cold. Mm-hmm. We're always down there too. Um, but I, it's hard for me to get away from up north. The fishing up north, man, is just yeah. awesome. I agree with you, man. Like you said, Pennsylvania has a lot of variety and things to offer. And uh, we used to have a camp up north. Uh, now we just go to my uncle's, but it's Tioga County. Yeah. And, yep. you know, you got the Piney Creek and mm-hmm. um, down into Potter there, the other side of Potter. We, yep. There's lots lots of lots of stuff that people know about, you know, the forks and some other stuff. Yep. Uh, long run, Long's Run. Uh, you know, these are all places everybody knows about. And there's... There is some other little wild streams that, you know, I won't mention on here, but um, the fishing is really good up there. But I will tell you, you know, here in central PA, where I'm at, like I just got back from camp and we were in Center County, uh, not too far from Huntington County. So a lot of people probably know exactly what I'm talking about. The water was cold. The water was perfect. Uh, wish that maybe the, there would have been three or four more inches on the water. Mm-hmm. Cricks were a little bit low. And uh, for whatever reason or another, that that rain that we got, it didn't haze any of the creeks except for one creek that we were in. Uh, And the fishing was really good. We tore into some wild browns and uh, was very happy to to, to be there and and be fishing in our great state. But um, when it comes to doing any deer hunting, man, when when do you, you know, when are you finding time for that? Because I know, you know, you got your, you got... What what do you you start fishing in January, later January, February? Yeah, I I, I pretty much fish honestly all year round. Okay. You know, from the second deer season ends till turkey season, and then mm-hmm. after turkey season till deer season. But right. Yeah, deep for deer. I start I start hitting. I start getting them jitters for deer about about the end of July. Yeah. That's that's when it starts the whole that's, deer process. That's super relatable, man. That's that's usually whenever I start, you know, the bow comes out and mm-hmm. the arrows start getting flung around a whole lot and um so, you know, speaking of the archery, you know, I know that you are a well-established turkey killing machine. When's the uh when's the game with the bow coming out? Yeah, man, archery is uh it's it's love hate for archer man I, i'm obsessed with it i love it but man it drives me nuts you know it, it's it's one of them things the more you know or think you know the more questions you have going into it it's like the past three three four years i've started running crazy amount of cameras and trying to learn all these new areas running 20 30 cameras a year and um Man, it just trying, like I said, you, you think you know a spot, but you never really know it. It's like, it's just a big mystery. It's a big puzzle piece. And um, yeah, I love it though. I I did a few years of, for about five, six years, I did traditional archery with a recurve. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, that is, that's a whole nother world, that traditional archery. Very tough. I, I tip my cap to anyone that, dives into that and then last year i broke out the compound again for the first time and i said i think six years and uh 
put down a good buck. And it was one of them things where I, I wasn't, it was so, I went so long without killing a good buck, a mature buck. And I was just like, first mature buck that comes in, you know, I'm, I'm taking it. Cause I, mm-hmm. I just, you know, miss that feeling of putting a buck on the ground and it was, it was awesome. There's not a single regret using a compound again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now you, you, you make a great point, man. It's, it's all in what you want, right? Exactly. Yep. If you want this large challenge of shooting a mature animal with a compound or a, a recurve or any types of traditional archery bow, then you go for it, right? But sometimes you just need to go back to your roots yeah. and and get a deer on the ground. I I promote early in the season. If you have a doe tag that you know you're gonna fill, don't don't wait to do it. Exactly. Yep. I've I've made that mistake plenty of times. You know. Well, I'm hunting the buck, I'm hunting the buck, which really the first week I should have just drilled the doe. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, later in the year, at least I put that deer on the ground. And then also, I really think it helps with any type of jitters or like pressure. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of pressure that can fall on you. Like you said, you, you want so many years without shooting a mature animal. And you, you know, you may have been used to that, or that may have been something that, um, you know, year in, year out, you may have been shooting a, a nice buck and that pressure builds, right? And it builds, and then you get this psychological thing going where you're you have so much pressure on yourself. You you end up taking shots that you don't want to take, you know, yep. you wouldn't normally take, or uh, you put yourself in positions where you 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 probably are thinking things too much. Yeah. You know, trail cameras can can definitely get in your head. I need to be here because I got a picture of a deer or whatever. Yep. And um, it's it it's one thing to just get the deer on the ground. Exactly. Get, yeah. Get back to basics. I know sometimes there's there's times to flip a switch and we get caught up in using all these type of uh, new equipment that that's out there. Right. Oh, I want to try this. I want to try that. You have some extra money laying around and you buy this or you buy that. And really, you know, you, you need a nice, a nice jacket a, a nice warm pair of pants. Yep. And, uh, uh, you could shoot them with an old, uh, bear whitetail too. Yeah. I know guys that still do it. Yep. Right. So it's, yeah, I I love I love the whitetail hunting, and um, you know when it when it comes down to talking about that, we could probably do a whole freaking episode uh-huh. easily yeah. on on deer. Yep. Um, but you know this is this episode is to shine the spotlight on you and and what you're doing, and I know that you're also um, part of some turkey calls. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I started making my own calls probably about four years ago. Um, I had a buddy text me he's like you know i'm surprised you don't make your own calls you know and i'm like man i never even thought of that like sounds like a great idea mm-hmm. so i got all the stuff for it started diving into it and man it's like it's i love it because there's so many different options you can do there's so many different cuts so many different reads so you know your tension there's so many factors that can that can lead into like making your call your own, making it sound exactly how you want it. And since I started doing it, I just fell in love with, with making it. And, and one thing I noticed is like the slightest little cut, the slightest little more tension, a little less tension makes a huge difference in your sound. So when I was getting into it, I was like, man, like there's so many calls out there, you know, so many different guys making calls. 
Mm, I, for sure. I'm trying. I was like, I need to do something a little different. And for me, I always loved using a raspy call, the raspiest call I can find. You know, imitate an, you know, old mature hen. Mm-hmm. That was when I had my best luck. And uh, you know, a gobbler hears that mature hen. You know, a lot of times it's game on. You know, a lot of times growing up, we'd sit there and call an area. You know, and my dad's a great turkey caller, and he'd call, and we'd hear, you know, nothing. And I'd break out this old raspy call I had, you know, old raspy mouth call, and I'd call and it gobble. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, what? how did they not gobble to his, the gobble right. to mine? I wasn't even, you know, as, what I would say as good as him at the time, you know, calling. But, and then I was just kind of got the wheels turning and went from there, but. Yeah, I make my uh, make my own calls, own mouth calls. I make five different kinds. Um, Beyond the Laurel is what I, what uh, what they're called. I have my Instagram page. Um, man, I I love it. It's uh, it adds another, like you said, it adds another challenge to it. Mm-hmm. You know, calling in turkeys with your own call. Yeah, you know that's that's why I'm not shocked that you were on you know the traditional side. You know, you use a fly rod and you're doing one of the tougher methods of using the fly rod. Um, and it's not surprising that you are making turkey calls now and you're you're using your own skills to 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 be able to get your own bird. Right. And that's it's impressive, man. It's that's that's why, you know, you stand out more than other people. And and I know you're you're going to continue to do so. But I also think that that's why your next challenge that you really enjoy doing is getting other people birds you know because then you are getting value out of taking those people out and teaching them and and passing on what you know or uh just mentoring and that's that's probably the the best the best thing that there is you know that's why guys love taking their kids out hunting and and fishing and seeing them succeed and um what what are you thinking about for your future man is there any type of uh dreams of doing any type of guiding on the water or in you know in the in the woods or anything yeah i you know i always for me i always thought about guiding for turkeys somewhere you know someplace i know it's more common out west in the western states Mm -hmm. and like uh, i'd love to do that because you know i get you know quite a few texts from people each year you know saying Man, I love to go turkey hunting and stuff. And I'm like, right. you ain't got to tell me twice. You know, we can do that. So I'm always taking people, and I love it. Like I said, getting someone their first gobbler is probably the greatest feeling ever. I mean, it's it's awesome. And then you know when that they're hooked now. You know, and then people you took out a couple of years ago, they're going themselves and killing turkeys. It's I love to see it. I mean, I could same with fishing. You know getting people into fishing and stuff, you know, showing them the basics of nymphing and throwing a fly rod. And it's, it's cool to see. And then watching them going out and catching fish. It's, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I understand, man. I, I I like to follow the same path and that's part of the reason why I started the show. Just try to bring some of the knowledge that I know to the table. And then also, you know, the reason we have guys like you on is you have more knowledge in certain areas than a lot of people. And, um, you know, this, this show is not so much the biggest, uh, tactic and, you know, how, how to, how to kind of, 
show or that you know opinions on why you should do something a certain way but <clears throat> you know it does shine a spotlight on guys like you so that people can reach out to you and and say hey how are you doing this how would you go about this hey here's the terrain that i'm looking at to kill a bird here's the uh the water that i'm looking at you know uh point me in the right direction you know what what should i be looking for stuff like that and that's where I just, you know, that's where woodsmanship comes into yeah. play. And um, a guy like yourself probably has pretty good woodsmanship because you've seen some things in the woods and you learn how to read it. Yeah. And that's like like a, a trait that you have to learn with boots on the exactly. ground. Right? That's, anyone asks me, best way to learn, best way to go about it is just going and doing it. You know, that's, that's yeah. how you learn. Yeah. It's just being out there because every hunt, to this day, you learn something every single time you step in the woods or in the water. I mean, you're learning something. Even your, even when you don't hear a turkey gobble or don't catch a single fish, you're constantly learning. Learn about that water. You know, learn what flies work, what don't work. There's something you're taking away from it. For sure. Yep. I I couldn't agree more. That's that's what. That's why it's so much fun because if it was easy, then we wouldn't exactly, want to do it, right? Exactly. So, but yeah, man, I, I'm I'm very happy that you came through on the show for me, and uh, and it, it was great talking to you. And I I know that you're a wealth of knowledge, and uh, down the road here, we'll probably touch back in with you, and and we'll probably go over, uh, probably do some deer hunting. Yeah. So I'd love to, man. Um, I appreciate you having me on. For sure, man. I, I and and. Uh, I want you to promote yourself before you go, you know, who you are, where we can find you. And then, uh, definitely, you know, uh, talk up the Turkey call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my name's Koi Donio. I, uh, I have, uh, started my own calls beyond the Laurel. You can find that on Instagram, Facebook. Um, shoot me a message if you are interested in a call, I'd love to make them for you. Um, yeah, I, it's, I, I love doing it. Um, any questions? I'd love to talk, love to talk hunting and fishing. Nice, man. Yep. Yeah. Anybody that's listening, you know, reach out to Koi. He's, he's killed a lot of birds. He's got a plethora of, of beautiful trout and pitchers. If you guys have any questions about him, uh, Euro uh, tight line, Euro nymphing and, um, being out in the woods and being able to get on a bird you know, reach out to him and, and ask him whatever questions you need to. And don't be afraid to buy a turkey call from a man here. Appreciate it. Yeah, brother. So uh, thanks for coming through, man. And um, tight lines and good blood trails, man. Yeah, man. Thanks again. Good luck to you this season. For sure. You have made it to the end of another episode of the keystone chronicles podcast guys i'm really enjoying what i'm doing here thank you for all the love and support koi thanks for coming through man great conversation definitely would love to have you back on again and uh good luck to everybody out there turkey season's upon us get out there get it fishing season's in full swing guys foraging season huh how about that get on out there just be outdoors take your family friends It's the best thing you can do for you, yourself, and your soul. Until next week, God bless.